You're listening to Alpha Health and Wellness Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Haley Schaff, and my goal is to empower you to become the alpha of your health. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. I am using a new microphone. I had gotten a new microphone back in July and I never got it to work. So I finally contacted the company and got a new microphone. So I hope that you enjoy the new sound if there is any, but I like it. It's really sharp. It sits on my desk really nice. But today I wanted to record a podcast fully designated to a question that I've been getting so much within my consultations and something that I've just been talking to a lot of my hormone patients and clients about, which is how to be training for your cycle. This is a really, really popular topic that I think that's out there in the kind of health and wellness and hormone community, which I think is really cool. I think it's a really, really important topic. And the reason that it's important is because as our hormones change and fluctuate, so should our so will our energy levels, so will our mood, so will our recovery times. So I think that the general kind of theme out there is, okay, you can train hard in the first half and the second half, you just need to walk in yoga. That's what I think a lot of people interpret the results or the information about training for your cycle, which I don't subscribe to that. So for instance, I follow various forms of weight training programs. I'm not saying, okay, I'm not doing this program half of the month and I'm just going to do Pilates and yoga. I will tailor it. So let me explain a little bit more. So in the follicular phase of your period, or sorry, the follicular phase of your cycle, that is the beginning of your cycle. So you can split up your, you can split up your cycle into four phases into menses, follicular ovulation and luteal, or you can split it up into follicular and luteal. Sometimes that's how people do it, but we'll split it up into four phases for this conversation. So in your menses, which starts day one of your cycle, so your a cycle is period to period. A, a cycle is not just how long your period is. Like I'll, I'll ask people, how long is your cycle? And they're like seven days. I'm like, no, no, no. I know that's your, I know what you're talking about, but technically your cycle, if you're tracking it is period to period. So day one of your cycle is day one of menses, not day one of spotting, but day one of true menses. So during that time, I tell people there's no cut and dry rule for any of this. I want to first say that because I have we are all very different. We have different we nutritional needs. We have various stressors that can affect each of these, but this is just kind of general rule of thumb, and I'll show you and share with you how I kind of tailor it and play with it. But at the end of the day, I want you to take this information, kind of know it, but then be able to apply it to your own situation and your own body because that is my main goal as a practitioner is I want you to know your body better than anybody else. I want you to know it better than I know it. I want you to know it better than your doctor knows it. I want you to know it better than anybody because you do. It's your body. You feel it every day. So it's really cool to take a lot of these biohacks and physiological happenings that we have during the month and kind of know when our body's most primed and optimal for certain things. But I think way too many people take it as Bible and just, oh, that's how it is. Like A plus B equals C. Whereas I don't see it like that. I see it more as an art or 
and which is funny because I'm not an artistic person. I'm very an A plus B equals C. But when it comes to listening to your body, there's no such thing as absolutes. So anyways, day one of your period, day one of your cycle, day one of your menses, whatever you want to call it, that's day one. Some people feel super down and out. It depends on the symptoms that you're having around this time. But for a lot of people, energy might be low kind of the first few days of the period just because you're losing blood, your your body's lower in iron, your body does have a more metabolic need. So you might feel a little bit more tired or you might not feel quite as strong. But on the, on the opposite side, I've had some of the absolute best workouts on day one, day two, day three of my period. So again, this is not an absolute. But within those kind of first few days of your period, that's kind of a take it how you feel type situation. Because there's been times where I've had the best workouts in my life, but then there's times where I'm like, I'm just going to go for a three mile walk because that's what is calling to me today. Depends on your symptoms, depends on your needs. After your period or as your period tapers off and you enter that follicular phase, our hormones are at a lower point. So our body is much more resilient to stress. So your body is more resilient to various stressors that we put on it. That's why we feel like we can accomplish more. We feel more focused and maybe our work life, we feel more just kind of go-getter. We don't need as deep and restful sleep because our body recovers a lot quicker during this time because our hormones are kind of lower and they're kind of, they're going up as the follicular phase continues. Cause on your period, your hormones are at their lowest point. So during that time, theoretically, it makes sense why, okay, you can have a better workout because you don't have to worry about progesterone, estrogen, because they're, they're at their lower levels. So that way you can kind of push harder, similar to how a man's cycle cycles with the moon. It's, it's a daily kind of cycle their hormones are more level and baseline. Like they don't have those estrogen progesterone fluctuations. That kind of is why during that time we can have a little bit better workouts and things like that. So as your follicular phase continues, great time to push yourself. Great time to, if you want to do more hit class, spin more higher intensity because your body can handle it. Now it's still really important to have a healthy balance between high intensity and strength training. I think people we all know that we can get in, get caught up in to doing one over the other, but it's important to have a balance, whatever that balance looks like for you. I am very biased towards strength training for many different reasons, but if you are following a strength training program, but you want to incorporate more hit, more, in, more intense cardio or more maybe like Metcons or intense weightlifting sessions, more volume, this is a good time to do it during the follicular phase. This doesn't mean train seven days a week. You know, this of course means optimal rest days, making sure you recover, but this is a good time to really, really feel super strong and push yourself in those workouts. Around ovulation is a really similar time for that too. We've got a really big burst in energy because testosterone, estrogen, they're, they're ramping up during this time to get ready for ovulation. So you might feel a burst in energy. So again, another good time for more intense workouts after ovulation. That's when you want to sometimes back down on the intensity because after ovulation, progesterone is very sensitive to stress. So because progesterone is sensitive to stress, workout working out is, is I love it, but it's technically, it's a stressor, right? So you might want to be cautious of 
overdoing it. You also, our body doesn't recover as well. And especially in the later luteal phase, you might be like, I literally did this workout in my follicular phase and I recovered super great. But if I do the same one in the the late luteal, I'm like, wow, I'm feeling it for an extra day. That's not in your head that actually is happening because your body just doesn't recover as well. We don't sleep as well. We need more time in bed during, especially the late luteal phase. So luteal phase again, after ovulation. Uh, and this is another reason that you might ha- have issues with recovery, because if you're not priori- prioritizing more rest recovery, a little bit more deeper sleep support, you are going to, of course, just be having a harder time recovering. So during the, that luteal phase, please still work out, but maybe you are taking an extra rest day or two, or maybe you're skipping out on the, you're not doing as much orange theory or spin or hit as you would have been in that follicular phase because your body's a lot more sensitive to that stressful activity. And with working out, this is where it gets hard because although I follow the same workout program all cycle long, every week my volume will change based on my program. So I don't necessarily dictate that. But so today, for instance, I'm on day 21 of my cycle. Day 20, no. I'm in, I'm in the luteal phase, later luteal phase, probably about a week or so before my period. I was just like, man, I don't feel like doing as much volume. So I just, instead of doing four sets of 12 or whatever, I did three sets of 12 to 15 or I just kind of tailored the volume. I didn't completely just throw the workout out and was like, I'm not doing this. I'm going to just meditate or whatever. There are times that I for sure do that. And tomorrow might be a day because I still was able to lift a good amount today, but I can tell that my body might not be able to do a workout tomorrow. I'm feeling a little sore, which I actually shared my low back recovery. When you're listening to this, I would have shared it on my alpha health and wellness page um, because I'm definitely feeling more injury prone (laughs) this cycle. So yeah, that's I'm a, I'm proof, proof that this is all true. So it's not that I completely just throw what I'm doing out the window. I can tailor it to how I'm feeling, but there were other times this week where I followed that program to a T. I felt really good towards the end of the week. As you can see, I'm not recovering as well. I'm a little bit more tired. I've had a super, super, my pra- things have been so busy at the practice. It's been so good. I love it. But I think all of that is just kind of weighing on me where I'm like, okay, you know, tomorrow's probably going to be a yoga and long walk type day. And I'm looking forward to it. So late luteal phase, you don't have to completely change up, but you might realize that your body is more craving lighter, more restorative movement, walking, yoga, something light like Pilates. And if you do want to weight train, which I highly do recommend, maybe you're just not lifting quite as heavy or you're changing certain things up. So it's not about I think a lot of people really want to just know, I know, I want to know exactly what I want to do. That's almost too easy. It's hard to know your body. It's really hard to kind of get to know the fluctuation and hormonal changes that are going on in your body. And if you don't track your cycle, which I hope you do, I would start because when you at least know the days that you're on and now what you know what the days correlate with, you can better understand some of the shifts that are happening in your body. Now, what if your cycles are irregular? That's a good question. So if your cycles are irregular, that's a good sign that your HPA access, your hormone, your hypothalamic pituitary adrenal access is probably throwing your adrenals off a little bit. So probably not a good time to just do whatever. You wanna, you wanna have that balance of being able to work out, being able to recover, take stress off the system. Now, what about when people come to me and they say, well, I have hormone issues and this person told me to not work out at all. 
I see why some people are told not to do anything. It really depends on the place that your adrenals are in. But I think that also can be really dangerous because when you tell somebody not to do anything, does that mean not walk? Does that mean not do yoga? Does that mean not do body weight? Does that What does that mean? Because that can be really dangerous. Whereas there are some people who I think that type of stuff, body weight, Pilates, walking, hiking, biking, like stuff like that can be really helpful if they've really burnt themselves out in the gym or heavy CrossFit or competing or things like that. But that doesn't mean you just sit on the couch and you don't do anything because that's also not super, not healthy. I tend to take a very big balance with it and really kind of like to work with you and make sure you're having, you're able to go in and do what you want to do to make sure you're strengthening your muscle tissue, really helping and supporting your metabolism, which that healthy muscle tissue is helping your hormones. So it is definitely a, a healthy balance of those two. So kind of to recap, menses, play it by ear. During days one through two, your, your heavier days, maybe not the best time to go all out. Maybe you just do weight training or maybe if you're feeling more fatigued, not as recovered, a little bit more sore, and you're, especially in your low back area, maybe it's just a lighter day. Whereas later menses, earlier follicular phase, great time to be able to push it and what you're doing, whether that's more volume in your lifts, heavier lifts, more circuits or metcons or hit or high intensity type cardio situations. Ovulation is we're getting another boost of energy. So that's okay to kind of push it there as well. But after ovulation, your body becomes a lot more sensitive to stress, needs more recovery. So that's really where you want to optimize rest and recovery, optimize deep and restorative sleep, really make sure you're getting in enough protein to make sure that your body can restore itself as well as other micro and macronutrients. Um, we tend to just focus on macronutrients when we think about recovery. We tend to think about protein, carbohydrate, but we're really not thinking as much about the micronutrients that our body needs, the B vitamins, especially if we're stressed, magnesium, especially if we're prone to muscle tightness, muscle soreness. That's why I love Epsom salt baths so much. Um, vitamin C, really good for nourishing that healthy progesterone level. So our body does have different needs throughout the cycle. But that doesn't mean that when you have your period or right before your period, you just can't do anything at all because it's it's a balance. And I want my goal for you is to be able to know your body, know what your body needs, know what your body's been through. Have you had a longer week at work? Have you been more stressed with projects or have you had a lot going on with family or travel or other stressors in your life, those are other things that you need to do to consider how that weight training is going to look. So for instance, when my mom died, I'm not going in and PRing anything. I'm going in to move my body because I know I just need to move some of that energy, but I'm not going because my body was just at its lowest point. So Obviously, that's a more extreme example. And an example for this week, I've had a lot going on. I've been so busy in the office with remote stuff, a lot going on, getting ready for holiday prep and deals and all that kind of stuff. So I have been working a lot and I'm feeling it. Even though I've been really trying to prioritize rest and recovery, I'm feeling it. So that means, okay, this weekend is really going to be focused on that. Even though I'm 
feel good kind of otherwise. I feel good energy level. You know, I, I wake up, I feel productive. You still kind of want to feel what your body's noticing. Are you carrying tension in certain areas? Are you getting sore in areas where you're not typically getting sore? So all things that you want to definitely consider. If you want to learn more about this, uh, you definitely want to check out the episode that I did with Dr. Stephanie Estima and even Dr. Mindy Pels when we talked about fasting for women, because the fasting for women kind of goes with this cycle as well. And the Dr. Stephanie Estima also goes very much so in tune with this. So if you want to kind of do some continuing education, you can listen to those episodes if you haven't already. Dr. Stephanie Estima, her book, The Betty Body, talks about it a lot as well. I read that when it first came out two years ago. Really good book. Highly recommend it. And I think that this is a really cool conversation to just bring to the table because so many women, I think, are really getting empowered to start understanding their cycle that now they can say, okay, now how does my cycle affect other parts of my life. And I see fitness and movement and is a very important pillar of health. So knowing how your hormones might be affecting that and how you can still move daily based on your hormones, I think is a really cool tool to have in your tool belt for optimal hormone balance and just optimal health in general. So I'm excited to see and hear what you learned from this conversation. I hope that it gave you a lot more information to go forward and really listen to your body, listen to its needs, know what it needs more of or more of or not as much of, you know, uh, depending on what cycle you're in. So please let me know if you learned something and I will see you in next week's episode.